Good morning, everyone. So good to be back. The last time I preached, I said, hey, I'm going to be taking off on vacation, family vacation, Costa Rica with the family. And um, that's what we did, and it was wonderful. Um, but I haven't preached since that week, and that was like three weeks ago. I just want you to know that wasn't a three-week vacation, all right? It was just one week. Um, last week, or two weekends ago, I was uh, at Ozark Academy for Alumni Weekend, um, and I, I preached there. And then um, this past weekend, I was in upstate New York um, speaking for an event there. And, uh, uh, but um, it's good to be back home, and it's good to be back with the Bridge family. So good to see everyone and um, man, looking forward to uh, today's service in particular. And um, it is a communion Sabbath, which is always a special time. Uh, you can see I'm wearing a suit even for communion. That don't get used to it. Won't happen a whole lot, but suit and tie happening today. So uh, um, good to be with you again. So <clears throat> I recall um, when I was in college, um, I was one of the. Uh, uh, one of the leaders in student government. In fact, I, um, I, I ran for president and became president. I was student body president, essay president. And um, what you understand about being student association president um, at, at the college that I went to, Southwestern Adventist University, now it was Southwestern Adventist College, back in the day when I went. But what you understand um, as president is... Um, the thing that you will be judged by, the thing that your time as, as leader of the campus government uh, and campus leaders, the you will be judged by how well the banquet goes. That's what everybody knows. You can, you can mess up the handshake. That's what you do at the beginning of the school year. You can kind of mess that up or it, maybe it's not that great. Um, you don't have to get that exactly right. You can mess up uh, other social events throughout the year, maybe the, the picnic, the school picnic. You can, you know, maybe you don't get that quite right. That's okay, they'll let that slide. You won't be judged by that. But if you mess up the main banquet, and we only had one back in those days, if you mess up the big banquet for the year, they'll remember that. It's at the end of the school year, and it's, it is the thing. It is the thing. Everybody goes all out. You wear all the tuxedos. It's, it's all formal. You, you, get, you try to get a date if you can, and that's good. Um, but it is the thing, all right? So um, that's, that's what I knew going into it. The other thing about the banquet, not only you have to get the banquet right, but there's two things about the banquet that you have to get right if, indeed, you want to leave with a high approval rating, all right? And that is this, you have to get the entertainment and the entree right. The entertainment and the entree, all right? You got, it. you got college students for about three hours. They've invested money in this deal, and they want to be well entertained, and they want to be well fed, all right? So I knew we had to get those two things right. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're doing the entertainment, you got to... You got to get the, you know, if it's a, a magician or something like that, that you're going to come, he's got to be really, really good. Um, or maybe it's some sort of special type of band or something like that. This is an Adventist campus, so you have to kind of be careful with what you do. But nevertheless, you got to be entertaining. A comedian, you know, it's got to be funny, got to be good. And then the food's got to be good, especially the entree. You don't even have to hit it out of the park when it comes to the dessert or the, definitely not the salad, but... But when it comes to the entree, you got to get that right, okay? So here it is. It's a big banquet. Um, I, have a, 
I have a social vice president. He's the dude that kind of, you know, leads the charge on the banquet. He understands it. We've got to get this thing right or else our, we will forever be known as the, you know, as the administration that, that dropped the ball on the banquet. And um, so time came for the banquet. I'll never forget this. And, and banquet night's there. And, and on the little menu, all right, I think we, we did well with the entertainment for the most part. But then there was the menu that when you sat down, it was on a little, little card, and it told us what we were going to eat for the evening. And uh, I kid you not, I kid you not, this is what was on there for the entree. A vegetable steak. <laughs> a vegetable steak. <laughs> and everyone just sort of looking bewildered as to what on earth is a vegetable steak? It's like oxymoronic, right? <laughs> a vegetable steak. Now, I understand this is an Adventist context. We aren't going to do meat. I know that. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not complaining about that. But we, we can't, like, mix the two, right? <laughs> you can't do that. But that's what was on the menu. And so, sure enough, the time came when the entrees would be revealed. Everyone was wondering, what on earth is a vegetable steak? <laughs> And it came out on the plate. I remember looking around, watching everyone's reaction to this vegetable steak. And they just kind of looked and shook their heads. What is this? Now, granted, back in those, day, in those days, people didn't know what to do with vegetarians, right? They didn't know. Adventists come along. Uh oh, we have to be meatless. And that was the case. This was at a big uh, downtown Dallas hotel. And uh, clearly, you know, vegetarianism wasn't cool, hip, and in. And they had no clue. But they knew they had to give us vegetables. So they formed it in the shape of a steak. <laughs> as if we want, you know, as if it was wrong for them to just totally give us vegetables. They say, we're going to put in the form of a steak. They'll like that. No. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. So there you go. I left with the lowest approval ratings in the history of the university, pretty much. Um, if you go back to the Southwestern Adventist University, you know, they have, uh, they make jokes now about vegetable steaks on campus, but you got to get the entertainment, you got to get the entree right. So the story that we're looking at this morning as we celebrate communion together, the story that we're looking at is this last supper of Jesus. This is the time when Jesus is going to gather with his disciples one last time, and in reality, it is a banquet. It's a mini banquet, but it's a banquet. They're gathering around the table together, and one way that you know that it's actually a banquet is because the people around the table, Jesus and his disciples, are reclining around the table. That was traditional for a banquet. There are other meals that they would partake of during the year that there wasn't that, that reclining sort of laid back feel, but this was, this was the Passover meal, and this was meant to be somewhat like a small banquet. And so sure enough, Jesus and his disciples are gathered around. They have food. Um, they have the bitter herbs. They have the unleavened bread. They have fruit. That's what they have for this banquet. The men are likely, the men are likely reclining, but they're also resting on their left side. That was sort of the posture of people at a, at a, at a banquet like this. They would, they would recline and they would rest on their left elbow so that they could reach up to the table with their right hand and partake of the food. And we know that there was this, um, we know that there were the bitter herbs that were present there because we know that Jesus dips 
uh, his hand into that bitter herbs with, with the one who would betray him, with Judas. That's part of the story. But let's go to the story right now. Let's just read uh, a few passages of it. We're not going to read the entire section. But we're going to read uh, Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 to 30. It says this. Again, the context is Passover. Jesus says, calls his disciples, let's go prepare a place. We're going to gather together for this last Passover meal. They are at the Passover. They are sharing food around. And then Jesus drops these words into the conversation. He says this. While they were eating, verse 17, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, this is my body of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins, I tell you. I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So, here's what I believe is going on here. Here's what I think, this is what I take out of those words and out of the context in which Jesus celebrates this last Passover with his disciples. I think Jesus understands and was attempting to communicate to his followers that you got to get the entertainment right and you got to get the entree right. You got to get the entertainment right. You got to get the entree right. Here's the everything that is present there. Um, Everything that, that we hear in the meal, the banquet, the food that's provided for the people, Everything that you hear there um, is important and vital, but it's not the main course. Do you notice that? It talks about the, the bread. It talks about um, uh, the, the bread. It talks about the wine uh, that was part of the meal. In fact, this is likely the third cup of wine. There was traditionally one that would come after the hymn that they would sing once they were done with the meal. So this is probably the third cup, and there would be one to follow. But everything you see there, everything you see there goes with the meal. But there's one part that isn't mentioned, but it has to be implied because this was the Passover meal, and it was just part of the deal. It was the entree. It was the main course. But it's not mentioned. I think the Bible writer left it out for a reason. Because it was actually the Lamb of God who was, who was directing the service. It was actually the Lamb of God who was talking to them about how he is the bread and how he is the wine. It was actually that Lamb who was communicating to them. So perhaps the Bible writer is, is attempting to communicate to you and to me in this day and age. Make sure, make sure Jesus is always the main course. Make sure he is always the entree. Make sure he is always the main thing in your life. There's a reason why, yeah, they, they talk about the unleavened bread, and they talk about all these other pieces of the meal, and, and, and this, uh, again, gather around the table, a little mini banquet, they talk about, Jesus talks about, but, but also in there is the reality of the fact that Jesus himself would come and sacrifice and give himself. In fact, Isaiah talks about it. Um, 
Go with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 7, it says this, this. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Absolutely part of the banquet menu that night was the lamb. Although it's not mentioned, look at what's going on. The lamb is speaking he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Huh. You got to get the entertainment right, and you got to get the entree right. The entree at the banquet that Jesus hosted for his disciples is himself. Could it be that Jesus is attempting to say, every time we come back to this meeting, every time we come back to this supper, every time we come back to this meal, let's check ourselves and make sure that he hasn't been moved off to the side and we're, uh, we've, he's been left off the plate and off the menu. Let's make sure he is still the main course. That he's the main thing. That you haven't lost sight of him. That he should be central to everything that we do because everything is in him everything that Jesus would accomplish for them because what's coming is a cross what's coming is a whole lot of pain and everything that is um, accomplished is accomplished in him and through him and ultimately it's about him you got to get the entree right make sure Jesus is the center and the main thing but you also got to get the entertainment right now, there's two ways of thinking about entertaining and entertainment, right? I'm not talking about this type of distractive sort of distractions that we all pursue, right? Entertainment is playing a game on your phone. Entertainment is, is, is binge-watching your favorite show on Netflix. That's entertainment, right? That's distracting, it's escaping. But there's also a different type of entertainment, if you will. See, the Bible portrays Jesus as the master of the feast, the master of the banquet. If you go over to John chapter 2, it's where Jesus changes water into wine. And it refers to the master of the feast, the master of the banquet. And Jesus here, once again, is the master of this little banquet, this little Passover meal with his, with his followers. He is the center. He is the one directing things. It may look like the disciples have set this thing up, but no, 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 don't get it wrong. Jesus has set everything up. He's orchestrated everything for this meal to happen. And furthermore, he says, look, I won't do this again with you until we get to my kingdom, because he's also planning a great feast and a great banquet there too, right? He is always the master of the feast. He is the ultimate entertainer. There are people here, your friends and so forth, that, that there's, there's always somebody who's a great entertainer. That you, they like to have people at their house. They, they, in fact, they bought a bigger house so that they could entertain. That doesn't mean when you go to their house that they're going to like do backflips for you to keep you preoccupied and distract you. No, it means that they just like having people around and they invite, they continually invite people to come and to be with them and to be around them. That's entertaining. And so Jesus says to them, you got to get the entertainment right. You got to get the entree right. You'll better understand me if you understand that I'm the main thing. That in and through me is how your salvation is accomplished. In and through me is how you are delivered. 
I am the main course. I am the lamb that was slain for you. I shed my blood and my body was broken on your behalf. I am the main thing. But then he says, don't get distracted by stuff. I am the ultimate entertainer. You can get preoccupied with me. Here's the thing, here's the thing. Sometimes as church people, we do a lot of busy work on behalf of the kingdom, and sometimes we forget the king. It's true. It's true. You can be, you can be a really great Seventh-day Adventist and stay really, really, really busy doing all kinds of wonderful church, 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 church things and miss Jesus. It's sort of that sobering scene, I believe it's at the end of Matthew, where there's a separation of the sheep and the goats, and, and the king says, depart from me, I never knew you. And the people are probably, you know, they're probably thrown off by that a little bit, because we were, we were there, we were, we were at church when we were supposed to be, we were involved, we helped out with adventurers, we did this, we did that, we were there, we were busy for the kingdom. In fact, we really had to have a Sabbath because we were tired after we worked for the church. But you missed the king. You missed the lamb. You missed the one who, who, who said, I, I am what this thing is all about. And your relationship with me. And I invited you into my kingdom. Not to run yourself ragged and forget about me. I invited you into my kingdom so that we could know each other. So that we could be together. So that we could commune together so Jesus is saying you got to get the entertainment right you got to get the entree right and then you understand who this good Jesus is that he's the main course he's the master of the feast he wants to be with you he wants you to make him the center of your life and the center of your world and so we come to this time in um in the life of the church where we gather to do just that. If indeed Jesus has been moved off to the side, here's an opportunity to bring him back center. If somehow we've, we've gotten so busy and distracted with doing life that we've forgotten about him, we bring him back to the center. And we do that through the service we call communion. So, what I want to do is um, our deacons are lining up. They're getting in, in place. I want to invite our worship team to come back up. And just in a few moments, we're going to pass out the emblems. We're going to pass out the bread. We're going to pass out the juice to you. That'll take a little bit of time. But I want to invite you to do this. Just in the, in the sacredness and the holiness of these moments, just, just be still. Don't be distracted by anything. I know there's lots of movement, lots of stuff going on in the church, but just be still. Be still and see if, in fact, maybe you can reflect for a few moments. Maybe, maybe you have to sort of reflect and see, am I getting the entertainment right? Am I getting the entree right? Are things in the order that they should be in my life? Are they... the main things really at the forefront and uh, once everyone's served I'll come back and I'll pray over the emblems
we'll proceed through our service this morning. Deacons, if you'll wait on us at this time.
So Jesus makes, um, makes this statement in Luke 22. He says, and he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying this. And this is the part I want you to hear. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And it's interesting, as you think about it, um, there are a couple of things that, that Scripture encourages us to remember and to repeat. One of them, obviously, is Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember, remember, and continue. Keep, repeat. And then Jesus sort of hints at the notion that this practice of, of eating together, these emblems of his sacrifice, should be remembered and repeated. So that's what we do in the context of our church. Um, we remember these things and we practice them. Uh, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church in particular, we practice open communion. So you, you are welcome to partake of the emblems with us. Um, if you are a Christ follower, a believer in Christ, accept Him as Lord and Savior, you are welcome. You may not be a member of this church, um, but you are welcome to join us as we partake of the emblems. So uh, let me pray over the emblems. I think everyone's been served. And I'm scoping out. If you haven't been served, raise your hand. We'll make sure you get the emblems. All right, let us pray. Our Father and our God, thank you for these emblems that represent your sacrifice on our behalf. Thank you that you call us to keep you as the main focus of our relationship. Thank you that you call us to remember that you are the main focus of our relationship. Thank you that you call us to continue to do that over time. Just to commune with you and to commune with others and to be reminded of the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. Something that we could not do for ourselves, but you provided exactly what was needed. So, Father, we pray over the bread that represents your broken body. We pray over the juice that represents your spilled blood that brings forgiveness and cleansing for each one of us. We thank you this morning that we have the privilege to come before you and to remember your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you go back to our story that we shared a little bit earlier, um, Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 to 30, talks about how Jesus instructed his disciples to partake of the emblem. So I will, I will take you there, and um, God invites us to eat. So it says there, Jesus took bread, so feel free to take your bread. Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, which we've done, we've blessed it, we've thanked God for it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying this, take and eat, this is my body, take and eat.
then Jesus would take the cup, which would represent his shed blood for you and me. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So because Jesus' blood was shed for you and me, it provides a cleansing of sin. That lamb, that lamb was slain and there would be blood and it was messy and it was not pretty. And neither was the cross for Jesus. It was, it was shameful. Stripped down naked and nailed to a cross. Hoisted up so everyone could see. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. It's because of his sacrifice. And he was the only one who could do it. That's why he continues to be the master of the feast because only he can provide what is needed to satisfy your hunger and your thirst. That's who Jesus is. So he, took, he tells us to take and eat, and then he goes on down and it says that he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, all of us get the drink from it, because all of us need cleansing. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So take and drink. So the tradition, again, is spelled out in the passages there, is that they would sing. Um, they would sing, and then they would take off. So as you, as we sing, we're going to sing one song here. We've got our worship team here. As you sing, um, think about what we've just participated in. Think about how Jesus is the center. He's the main course. He is the entree, but he's also an amazing entertainer who's always wanting people at his house. He doesn't want his kingdom to be a distraction. He wants you all focused on him. So we'll let our team lead us in a song, and then we'll take off. There is a truth older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to come. There is one. for our salvation, Jesus. There is a life, there is a life that overwhelms the darkness. There is a kingdom that forever ends. There is a freedom from the chains that bind us. There is a name, there is a name 
invite us to be there, to be in that place. May we desire to be there. 
And may we pursue a relationship with you that's all been made possible because of the sacrifice that you've made. Bless us and keep us now, Father, as we leave this place. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.